Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2411. Rev it up because we're going to be having some fun at a very special event today. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Larkspurg, California, a beautiful part of the country, with a very special guest by the name of Jeffrey O'Neill. Hey, Jeff, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am, Mark. For sure. Releasing the clutch and stomping grapes. Two things that Jeff does very well with his feet. You'll understand that in just a minute. But before we dive into an introduction for you and we talk about this spectacular event you do and and the wonderful wines and the drinks that you make, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Jeff? Well, I probably don't know that I am an absolutely passionate car guy. Started my racing career when I was 50, a little bit late. Uh, (laughs) Could have started it earlier, but uh, nonetheless, jumped in when I was 50 and have been uh, happily racing here and around the world over the past uh, 15 years. Well, there you go. Well, you were kind of busy building a brand first, you know, in a business. So I guess you got to do that. I, I did it the other way. I raced when I was younger and then uh, the, the kids grew up and started to go to college and all that money got diverted to college and so forth. So uh, that's okay as long as you're involved. And boy, you certainly are involved not only in racing, but also producing a spectacular event. So allow me to give you a little bit of a proper introduction. We're going to dive into this. Jeffrey O'Neill is the founder of the Velocity Invitational, an auto racing event that showcases the evolution of motorsports technology and ingenuity. The event started in 2019 at the Sonoma Speed Festival. That was the old name. And after the COVID forced pause in 2020, it came back with a vengeance and a new name. The new event took place at Laguna Seca. It was a three-day filled event with hundreds of iconic cars, race cars, special exhibitions, food, wine, and more. And this year's event returns to famous Sonoma Speedway. It's November 10th, 11th, and 12th, and they expect to attract over 10,000 visitors. And you should be one of them, listeners. Jeffrey has always been a passion for race cars alongside his passion for wine and distilling. He's the founder and CEO of O'Neill of Vintners and Distillers, located in California's Central Valley. Got to check them out. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. They keep the gas in the race tanks here, so give them a little love. Be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. 
For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Jeffrey, we are back. So, before we get into this event, because as my listeners know, I'm a car guy. I used to race vintage cars. You're a car guy. You now race vintage cars. But you also have this little side job. <laughs> you're you're a wine of business. Could you tell us how you got into that? And then we're going to talk about cars. Great, Mark. I'll be brief. I got into the business back in 1982, small family business. My grandfather was an immigrant. Unfortunately, after I joined it, within a year, it had gone bankrupt Uh and the bank took it. So there I was, instead of working for the family business, I was working for Wells Fargo Bank. Oh, yeah. So ultimately, and it will come, we'll talk a little bit later, I'm sure, but I was able to meet some private equity investors and I pitched them on my idea to restart the quote family business uh, with private equity and uh, and the rest was just a story of growing businesses in the wine sector and we ended up making you know a pretty good sized wine company. No kidding. So tell our listeners a little bit about I know your your name is uh, wine and distillers. Tell us a little bit about the combination of things going on here, because as I see your, you know, I played around with, the, with Google a little bit and the maps and looked and I said, oh, these guys, uh, they got a bunch of big tanks there. They produce a lot of a lot of liquid stuff. So tell us about the combination of different wonderful libations you create. We do. Look, our goal is how do you solve uh, what the consumer wants? So we have a wide variety of wines that we make at virtually all the price points, everything from, you know, $10 a bottle up to, you know, $100 a bottle. So we're trying to, we're really trying to think about what does the consumer want today and what varieties do they want in the wine? That's what we focus on. Well, one of the things that I've learned and I'm, you know, you and I are somewhat of the same age bracket here. So we've lived through a lot of ups and downs in the economy is that even when things are bad, people still enjoy a couple things. I read this years ago, flowers and wine, because they want to still feel good, even though things might be falling apart around them. Is that something that you've experienced over time? Yeah, no, I think it's true. People drink the same regardless of the economic environment. However, they might change their buying habits. So if they were drinking a $25 wine, they might trade down for a short period to a $15 wine. But fortunately, uh, people are still drinking uh, wine and enjoying uh, good times and occasionally bad. Yeah, well, sometimes that helps a little bit through the bad times for sure. Well, California's always produced some spectacular wines. We we do uh, a little bit of winemaking up here in the Pacific Northwest, but uh, California seems to be the golden era. So uh, I love it. Well, let's talk about this event of yours, because when you started this back in 2019, it was known as the Sonoma Speed Festival. And then that nasty thing called COVID came along and messed up everybody's lives. Uh, But you brought it back and with a new name. So can you kind of walk us through what the idea was when you first started it and then why the name changed? And we're going to dive into this year's event, which has moved back from Laguna Seca Raceway, but back to Sonoma Speedway, another great racetrack. So how did this whole concept, as if you weren't busy enough making wines and racing, oh my gosh, why on earth would you do this? 
That is a great question, Mark. And, and I still scratch my head once in a while. I wonder why I've done this. But I will tell you, the fundamentals are, I love racing. I love uh, having an environment where people will be comfortable bringing out these amazing cars. And the model historically has been, how many cars can I get on the track? And I tried to reverse that and, and say, okay, it's not how many we can get on the track. It's how many authentic vehicles can we get on the track? And when I say authentic, every car at velocity has to have had race history and cannot have been modified. So we're really trying to, it's more of a preservation uh, class than anything else. We want to be sure that collectors are confident when they bring their cars out. And as you know, I mean, not every race is the same. If you're just trying to get cars on the track, that means, you know, drivers of varying abilities. Some of them are real collectors. Some of them have modified their cars. I wanted to bring back an event where people could bring their cars, beautiful cars. And I don't mean really expensive cars all the time. But I want people to say, my car is original and I want to bring it back. I want to show everybody how it would have run in period against the similar cars. So I was just getting frustrated. And I, at the time, Steve Page was the president. It was a great guy. And he said, look, if you don't like what I'm doing, you do it. And <laughs> uh -oh. I said, okay, I will. Sounds like that guy named Lamborghini when he was complaining to Mr. Ferrari about his cars, right? So that first one in Sonoma really was fantastic. Uh, you know, I mean, we put out five acres of grass and white picket fences and tents and, and we changed it. And, and I will tell you, one of the goals I have is I want these events to be family friendly. I want young kids to be inspired by these cars, see the old ones, see the new ones and learn. So that's why our event is quite curated as well. Normally, when you go to these events, and, and they're kind of the same everywhere, the paddock looks like somebody unpacked their car with a stick of dynamite. And I want people to see how those cars in the grids with a plaque in front of every car with the history of that car. So believe me, it was not easy to get everybody to agree to that because it was so unusual. A little bit of Goodwood feel, I hear. 100%. Uh, listen, I, uh, Charles March, I'm unabashedly, I've taken many of his great ideas. But the most important ones are how do you present cars to the public, the admiring public, and make it clear and understandable how why this car sits next to one car. They raced in the same class in period. They're authentic. This is exactly how it would have been prepared. And, and you can't get that anywhere right now in the United States. And it was just very frustrating for me. So I love I love that you did that because by educating people, it pulls people in more. And I agree with you having race vintage cars. Some events you go to are wonderful that way. And others are just, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like your truck exploded, car came out, all the tools. And for people walking around, lots of times when you're the racer or even your team, you don't have time to talk with people because you're busy trying to get ready for the next race or, you know, probably fixing the car because it broke in the last race because these are old cars. And so people, there's a little bit of a separation there. But by bringing people in, and I love your concept of bringing young people because that's the next generation that are going to be running these cars, hopefully, in the future. And I think that's great. Can you tell us a little bit about the different classes and different kinds of cars we're going to see? Yeah, we basically run everything from, you know, post-war 19, late, you know, late 40s, early 50s, you know, all the way up. The most current cars we'll have, we'll be running uh, three of the 2016 Ford GTs that Ford campaigned at Le Mans. And um, luckily, I own one of them. Well, there you go. Uh, it, it will be very fun. So we'll have everything from sports racers from the 50s. So, you know, Maseratis and Ferraris. Uh, we'll be running uh, Ferrari GTO as well. A couple of short wheelbases. So we'll have some very 
very, very lovely, lovely cars. We also want to make sure this is entertainment for all ages. And I think younger people are maybe a little more interested in some of the newer Porsches and things like four GTs, LMP1 cars, LMP2 cars. So we will have a current class. But what we found is when we when we bring the current cars out, then the young kids, they're interested in the older ones as well. So we're trying to think about this as an education and the evo- I call it the evolution of speed. Now, a couple of things that our friends at Con Media who brought us together uh, were telling me you're doing is uh, F1's Alana Norris is going to be doing something with this event. Is that right? Yeah, we're really excited. Particularly, I mean, McLaren has just completely turned the team around. I mean, Zach has done an amazing job. So we'll have at the event, we'll have Zach Brown, we'll have Lando Norris, uh, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, We're really excited. He'll be driving some of the historic Formula One cars. McLaren will be bringing uh, 10 cars out of their collection, all uh, Formula One winning cars uh, over the past 25 years. Zach is great. He was a guest on my show a couple of years ago. And what I see them doing and going around to these events, and I don't know how Zach does what he does. I mean, my gosh, <laughs> running with the team he's running, the businesses he runs, and then doing all this. You're right. This is really cool because when you bring in the more modern stuff and the famous people, that adds another dimension to this whole thing that brings young people that are following. And of course, we've seen in the last few years a resurgence in F1 watching here in the U.S. because of the uh, the documentary that they did. Uh, the other thing is a local company up here in the Northwest, Dirtfish Rally, is going to bring along or going to be doing, am I right to say ride-alongs? They are. We are so excited to have uh, Dirtfish on board. Uh, we'll actually have two tracks set up. We'll have the existing paved track, um, but we're also setting up out on the hills of Sonoma. Uh, so people can come down, take a spin on the track uh, with one of the Dirtfish rally cars uh, or be off the track. Um, so it, we're really excited. And, you know, this is about entertaining everybody. And, you know, whether you have an interest in, you know, off-road rally cars, on-road rally cars, uh, race cars, Formula One, you know, we'll have a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah, I think it's cool. You know, the Ironstone Concours has been good about that. They had the old-time racers there that people could ride. They actually scraped a bunch of uh, area where they had grapes, and they drove cars with people in them around. And uh, I got to experience the first year they did that, and I've never seen so many people got so dirty and were so happy uh, because of all the mud flying in their face and so forth. So what you're doing is absolutely wonderful. Are there some other things? Because this is a multi-day event. We've got three days going on that you want to share with us? We do. And of course, we've got all kinds of demonstrations, historic Formula One. Obviously, we've got 10 races every day, along with a lot of other entertainment. We'll have things for young kids. We'll have a Sip and Saver Pavilion, which is a collection of of vintners in the Sonoma, Napa area. So if you want to come see cards, take a little break, get out of the noise, you walk into the Sip and Saver Pavilion and you can basically behind glass doors sip uh, sparkling wine or Sonoma's finest, but still watch the race through the um, uh, window. So we're really excited about that. This is going to be spectacular. I think it's going to be so much fun for so many people. When you think about your passion for cars, that as this came to you later in life, not your passion for cars, but for racing, actually doing racing, but has there been a, um, what I like to call a driving inspiration in your life? Now this could be in business too, but somebody that's been really inspirational for you. Well, I will tell you, 
I idolized this gentleman. His name was Peter Mullen, and uh, oh, he had the Mullen, the Mullen Automotive Museum. He became a very, very close friend over the years. Uh, we've known each other for 40 years. Regrettably, he passed away two weeks ago. He was an amazing collector and an inspiration. I will tell you, we were visiting him in Scotland one time, and he said, would you like to drive my Bugatti Type 35? Oh, no, uh, I don't and think I so. Said, well, I've actually <laughs> never really driven a, a historic car before, historic race car. And uh, so that was probably 35 or 38 years ago, um, driving uh, Bugatti Type 35 in uh, the north of Scotland. Wow. Yeah, Peter, he was a guest on the show and, and so sad that we just recently lost him. And being a close friend like that, my condolences to you and, and, and to all of his friends. That guy, oh my gosh. I mean, he, he collected the coolest of the cool of his generation of cars that he loved, but he shared them with so many people. And yours is a great example. Yeah, toss you the keys as if there's keys to race cars, but you know what I mean. Give it a run. See if you think you like it. And oh, he knew what he was doing, right? He knew exactly what he was doing. And of course, then he, I, I was always hooked on cars, but I never thought I would actually get involved in racing. So that's what's been really fun. You know, my first car was a Maserati 250F. So Ooh. we sort of um, jumped in the deep end on that. But, sort of? But I had, a lot, I, I had a lot of time to make. I didn't start when I was 25. So... Yeah, might as well get out there and have some fun. I want to talk a little bit about challenges because I like for people to share them, not so much to rekindle a bad part. You talked about going to work for your family business and then it went bankrupt. I mean, it's like if that wasn't the biggest challenge ever, but if that's more you want to get into, but some kind of challenge that taught you when you look back a really valuable lesson so you could come out of it and go, you know what? I'm glad I had to go through that. Maybe it was tough, but I'm glad I had to go yeah, well, I will tell you, you know, I've uh, I've been in the wine business. I've done everything from, you know, small private wine companies with private equity. We've been public. We've had, you know, somebody make a hostile takeover bid over the public company. And I would tell you that, you know, all of these challenges are daunting. But I think the advice is keep your head down, don't lose your cool, and, uh, you know, keep marching forward. I've had probably just about every challenge <laughs> in business that you can uh, name. So from the very beginning it was a struggle. So, uh, but fortunately, you know, we've come out the other end and, and O'Neill Vintners today is a private family business. So, you know, it it all worked out. It just, you know, when it appears that it's not going to work out, keep your head down, stay solid. And, uh, and generally it will work out. Okay. Well, I'll tell you listeners, Jeff is a guy that has a terminal smile on his face. I don't know if it's because of all the wine he's drinking or the race cars he's driving, but he's such, you're such a happy person. And I think, you know, what you just shared is a lot like racing. Uh, those those great quotes by Winston Churchill. When going through hell, just keep marching and uh, never, ever, ever give up. And it sounds like those are two mantras for you. And we'll get into a mantra a little later, but that's worked for you. But the key thing you said to me that I took from your experiences is stay focused with what the end goal is. Just stay on that because we get distracted easily by all these meteors coming at us, Right. And if you don't stay focused, you can get a wrapped around the axle to use another car metaphor, and it can really mess you up. Yeah, no, Mark, I think that's exactly right. And today, of course, with the digital world uh, essentially taking over all the communication, you know, we're just inundated with so many other things. So, you know, one of the things about velocity is we want to kind of bring a return to, I'll call it, you know, civility with, you know, you can come, you can learn, you can look around, you can relax. So that's been the goal. And, And ultimately, it's to create a forum where great collectors want to bring their cars. 
So looking ahead to a bucket list concept, you said, what am I done? Now I'm into this thing neck deep. And this change to the word velocity, has that been part of your future bucket list goal of where you want to take this? Because very different name, but I love the concept because it's moving fast. Yeah, you know, we wanted the flexibility of tracks and that gave us, you know, some flexibility. And I I will tell you people, there's a lot of people in the car business that are involved in current racing that aren't excited about us. And, uh, you know, we've tried to change the entire format for what historic racing is. And I, I will tell you, most of these people think they're running a race. They're running, we are running a live museum is what we're really running. We are trying to educate people. We are trying to inspire young people, whether that's learning about cars or getting involved in restoration or preservation. So we, we really, but, but I, and the reason we changed the name is we wanted the flexibility. We can go to Laguna. We can go to Sonoma. We could take it around the country at some point. So yeah, a little bit of Luftekultisch if you will, with what Patrick's doing there, right? You know, taking it to different venues, seeing what works, what's fun. And we saw that with uh, Rensport uh, starting off in some different tracks, and they've kind of landed themselves, it seems like, at Laguna, but maybe it's because there's so many Porsche guys out here on the West Coast that it's just like a magnet. You know, this year's event, they sold out. I mean, it was just insane number of people there. I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I love the whole concept. It's great. I want to talk about a special vehicle. You've, you've thrown a couple of very special cars out here in front of us today uh, that you've raced. Is there one car in particular you could talk a little bit about that really puts an even bigger smile on a guy's face who already has a big smile on his face? <laughs> well, I mean, I will tell you, when I first got into the racing, I, I just said to myself, you know, look, you have to have a car. And, and you know, I wanted, I had a list of five cars and I just said, I have to own one of these cars. So that was, I went on this hunt when I was probably around 45 and ultimately the landed this first car, which was the Maserati 250F, which had been run by Sterling Moss and Juan Manuel Fangio. And uh, I, I will just say that the first time I drove that, getting behind the wheel, knowing those guys, it gave me it gave me goosebumps. It was just no kidding. It was just part of history, right? And ha- and then feeling so lucky to have an opportunity to drive that car was just stunning. I mean, absolutely. I, I, I have to ask, being a old car guy, how did you find that car? Like, how did it end up in your hands? Well, it, l- lucky for me, I knew guys already that were well-established in the car business. So uh, in this case, it, Peter Mullen introduced me to a dealer in Europe. And uh, then I, once I sent the feelers out for, you know, a car that I was, you know, w- interested in, um, then, then you know, it's a, it's a very interesting little world out there of, of race cars and historic cars. So, but it's very refined, right? There's guys that only handle vintage race cars from the 50s or uh, French cars from the 30s. So right. I ultimately have met, uh, you know, most of these amazing uh, uh brokers dealers uh throughout the world so once you zero in on a on an idea or a theme the cars do start to surface well the other thing i always tell people is everything is always for sale at some time so it may not be right now you always have these guys say i'll never sell this thing but they'll always become a time because things change in our world right so uh someday you'll be ready to let that car go and there'll be something else maybe i don't know maybe you'll hang it on the wall like the nose piece you have hanging on your office right now Well, that could that could be. Uh, I try not to sell anything. So, well, you're a smart guy because once we'll it's gone, yeah, once it's gone, it's gone. That's for sure. So, I'm a bit of a car psychologist here at Cars. Yeah, I have a special degree that I 
I actually kind of made it up for myself, but don't tell me. I'm going to crawl into your head. If you were a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be. That's way too easy. This is how you perceive your personality, the man in the mirror, as some kind of vehicle. What would you be? But the most important part of the question is why? Oy, boy, that's a hard question. Oy, oy to, right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very hard question to answer. And and so I think about it, right? On on the track, you know, I, I take on lots of uh, different autos so and different personas. So, you know, sure. momentum, no momentum, speed, horsepower, et cetera. So, you know, everything from a Alpha GTA to a boss Mustang. So I'll, I'll get off the track, but let's get on the, let's get on the road. And I, and, and when I think about, you know, me on the road, it's, um, everybody says drive defensively. Well, I typically drive offensively and, uh, and, and I feel like that's much more successful. And, and I remind my dear wife that I've, uh, not had an accident in uh, over 40 years. Touch so, wood, touch wood. But when I think about, you know, the, the the question about, you know, what do you want to be on the road? But, you know, I think about, you know, how would you drive? And the, the probably the most fun public roads to drive on are the Autobahn. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because everybody on the road has respect for the other car. And in the U.S., that just doesn't happen. You know. So, again, it goes back to the question, what is the car? It, and I have to say, if you could, because it sounds like you are a guy that drives a lot of different stuff. When you just rattle off some cars there, you talk about men, momentum, horsepower, speed, legacy, history. For a guy like you, is there one car, at least for today, that maybe you identify most with? Boy, I tell you, yeah, I guess the car would be the 250F. It was Back on the leading <laughs> edge of technology. It was on the leading edge of technology at the time. Maserati, at the, then, they were only trying to do one thing. How do we get more horsepower and, and less weight? So, you know, they were just inspirational in terms of creating lightweight cars. So the, the one I have is called a lightweight, which was when they started to go to a tubular, multi-tubular chassis rather than just a A-frame under the, under the car. So, you know, I, 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 when I think about cars, I just think about what, at different points in, in time, people led the technology revolution, whether it was disc brakes or magnesium, I mean, in the 30s or superchargers. I mean, they go back to the 20s. It's amazing. It's a great thing. And we see that a lot about race on Sunday, sell on Monday with car manufacturers. And my favorite, Mark Porsche, we've mentioned a couple of times here, uh, seems to be do a, a good job with that, where they'll bring out something. If you go back to the 959, for example. I mean, pretty crazy car when it first came out. And now all those things that are on that car are just kind of standard. I mean, they're even showing up on, on other cars. So I love how the technology ties in. You know, philanthropy is typically a pretty big part of events and so forth. Does your event, are you tied to some type of uh, philanthropy? Or as you said, your main goal is to bring younger people into this thing and share the experience with them so they feel like they're part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of our goals, unfortunately, it's not, we don't have enough guests coming to make this a charitable event yet. Uh, uh, but that, that was the goal from the beginning, Mark, was how do we bring this? How do we take the, the proceeds from this event and create education, whether that means learning about how to fix cars or take care of cars or manufacture parts or, you know, any or learn how to race as a young uh, youngster. So we're trying to bring all of that together. But at the event, you know, we have docents and, and people can learn about cars and, and we've had youngsters come and, and basically be the judges of, you oh, know, great. Which, yeah. which, which car is the most authentic, which car, you know, should be considered in this race class the best. So we've brought young people that want to learn more about cars and, and we will continue to do that. 
So great books. Love to share books here. Is there a great book that you might share? This could be a self-help, a business book, or a car book. Well, you know, there's two books that I, I uh, over the years, I did that are just, to me, they're just fantastic. Um, and one will shock you. It was Keith Richards' uh, autobiography called Lie, which was fascinating because I just think he was one of the most misunderstood or is one of the most misunderstood. And you realize that when people are successful like that, regardless of, you know, where, how you see, how you personally visualize them, they're incredibly thoughtful. And, and then the other one is really, it's called Long Walk to Freedom. And it was Nelson Mandela. His book is one of the most inspirational books. And it, what it reminds us all is patience. I mean, here's a, a man that was jailed for 27 years and he came out without uh, he wasn't vindictive. He was thoughtful. He he really was a transformative individual for South Africa. I mean, it's just amazing to me. Two fantastic books. Uh, I appreciate you sharing those. So let's go on the ultimate drive. I'm a bit of an enabler here at Cars, yeah? I'm going to allow you to take any car anywhere with anybody, including somebody from the past that's no longer with us. So if you want to go on a ride with Keith Richards or Nelson Mandela or whomever you may choose, I'm going to make it happen. Don't worry about the cost. I got a big checkbook. So what is the ultimate drive or the ultimate race? Let's tie that into it. Look like for you. Well, look, I think the ultimate drive for me now, now, I mean, ordinarily you would say, you know, I would go with my wife, but she doesn't like speed at all. Sounds like my wife. (laughs) So when we, we were on a rally one time and she looked at me kind of angrily from the passenger seat and she said, you said this was a rally, not a race. Yeah. And uh, so, so speed and uh, and the and 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 my wife is not a terrific combination. But I would, if I uh, if I could redo it, I would be in that Type Thirty Five Bugatti with Peter Mullen, uh, driving yeah. through the Scottish Highlands. Um, you know, talking about uh, he was fantastic. You could talk to him about anything. I mean, and he was interested uh, and curious. I mean, the subject matter could be everything from architecture, you know, to Maya Angelou. I mean, it was amazing. Um, and and we just had this amazing time together. So I, I think if I could bring Peter back and uh, be in that uh, his Type 35 uh, together side by side, driving through the hills of Scotland would be uh, absolutely amazing. Wouldn't that be spectacular? Well, you mentioned a couple of wonderful things. Of course, Peter. Yeah, I was lucky, as I said, enough to have him as a guest. He called from his home along the uh, California coast there. And uh, we had nice talk before we started recording and after, you know, um, it was just spectacular. The Scottish Highlands, I've never been up there, but my son got to take a trip up there with a friend from high school. And he goes, Dad, the roads, the country, this is the place to go. Nobody, I don't think anybody knows this is the place to go for a drive. Uh, it's so beautiful. Sounds, sounds like you know about that in a Type 35. How could things get better than that? Jeff, you have taken us on a wonderful ride today, uh, sharing this wonderful event. I wonder if you could share some parting words of wisdom wisdom or inspiration with us before we let you go today. You know, Mark, I mean, I don't know that I have anything uh, unbelievable to offer, uh, but I can say, uh, look, in our company, O'Neill Vintners and Distillers, we have a lot of young people um, that are looking for inspiration and ideas about success. And, you know, internally, we have a lot of uh, small sayings. One of them is no drama. Um, <laughs> I love it. it. Uh, you know, my feeling is, I mean, every there is no perfect family. There is no perfect situation. But ultimately, um, you, you know, everybody has got an issue. But my feeling is, you know, bring positive attitudes and um, and it will take you just about anywhere you want to go. 
Yeah, you know, I have a great saying, and I actually created a meme. I'll send it to you. Uh, that was the difference between an ordeal or an adventure is your attitude. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, no yeah. drama. And I just came back from a trip. And these days, traveling is not as quite much fun as it used to be. Uh, and you always see these people having meltdowns, and you just kind of go, seriously, dude. You, oh, right. You down. shake your head. I mean, of all the issues, of all the issues in the world today, um, we're unfortunate. We're 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 fortunately not facing many of those. Oh yeah, yeah. The horrors that are going on right now are just tragic. So, well, you have taken us on a run, fun ride. How can people learn more about O'Neill Vintners and Distillers and the Velocity Invitation? Well, for O'Neill Vintners and Distillers, we have a couple of great brands in Paso Robles. One of them is called Rabble. We do a beautiful Chardonnay called Harkin. You can find it at many of your retailers. But Velocity Invitational, we would invite everybody to come see these amazing cars. We have collected 220 of the most historic race cars from 1950 all the way through uh, 2016. So come have a sip of wine, uh, enjoy the races, uh, come meet Lando Norris. Um, You'll get up close, uh, which you won't be able to do in Las Vegas. Right. <laughs> uh, but you'll be able to shake his hand, get his autograph, meet Zach Brown, who's a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, manager, president of McLaren Racing. And, uh, and we'll have, we'll have uh, the most important pieces out of the McLaren collection from England uh, at our event. This is an event you will love. It's November 10th, 11th, and 12th. Wonderful time of the year to be in California. The weather's going to be perfect, no doubt. Everything will be great. I'll put links to the uh, websites, velocityinvitational.com and O'Neillwine.com. Check them out. I also want to do a great shout out to our friends at Con Media today, specifically Diana uh, Brennan, who put us together. And of course, your lovely assistant, who's been tremendous. I think you need to give her a raise, Joan. Uh, she <laughs> does a wonderful job. Joan, I did that for you. Uh, she's great, though. She's been a great help. I want to thank both those ladies very, very much. Uh, Jeff, thanks for taking a pit stop with us here during a very busy time of the year and spending some time sharing not only your business, but your wonderful life. And I'll tell you, listeners, again, Jeff is one of those guys, this whole talk, he's had a big smile on his face. I don't think the guy ever gets upset. Which, Well, maybe you should ask some of his employees, maybe once in yeah. a while. Yeah, but but yeah. remember, no drama, no drama. So <laughs> you got to walk your talk. Jeff, thank you for spending some time with me today. Until you and I talk again, we'll see you at the Velocity Invitational. Thank you, Mark. Look forward to it. You're welcome. This has been great. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. If your car started today, well, thank a tech. If that truck delivering your goods today got to your home or your business, thank a tech. If that airplane you rode in took off and landed safely, 
And if that boat you're riding in arrived at the dock safe and sound, that's right, thank a tech. One thing the pandemic has taught us is that great techs keep America rolling. They are essential workers and we need them. Support career and technical education by getting involved with TechForce Foundation. It's a Cars Yeah charity of choice. Learn more at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.